Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the RevOps and ABM Alignment. Today with Matt Bolian. Matt, did I pronounce it well? Bolian? Bolian? It's perfect. It's actually, it's like Kardashian. So Bolian, perfect. Ooh. So Bolian is like what, um, like it's Irish or what? Armenian. Armenian. Oh, Armenian. nice. Sweet. I know that Armenians are more Armenians in U.S. than actually Armenians in uh, in Armenia. Lovely. Yeah, there was a – there might have been a uh, – yes, that is true. Just like there's more Puerto Ricans in the U.S. than there are Puerto Rico. Like oh, the, I didn't know that. Actually, with Hungary, is the same. But uh, today we are here to talk a bunch of things about RevOps from – a guy who went from U.S. Army type of intelligence and uh, manager of analytics and director of different operations in the U.S. Army to revenue operations, which is very interesting, right? Uh, actually co-founding one of the biggest or if not the biggest uh, HubSpot partner uh, agency, Rev Partners. And now you're running uh, Supert, which is an awesome tool that helps you adopt HubSpot more easier and actually create a bunch of cool processes inside of HubSpot so you can uh, use it with much more ease. But Matt, let's uh, dive into how you ended up doing RevOps from the experience that you had in U.S. Army, you were there like six years or something, right? Yeah. So I was a military intelligence officer. I went to West Point, which is the military academy for the U.S. Yeah, it's um, like la creme de la creme for the. Well, that's what they that's what they tell everybody that's there. I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not somewhere I would necessarily want to return, but it's good to be from. There's a lot of a lot of uh, hazing that occurs in it so it, uh, anyway. it's really hard to go into west point right like you need there are some quotas per states and then or how how is it like it's, it's yeah you pretty... you know more about how to get into west point than most people do uh just uh it's awesome oh yeah so I, I had a boss i had a boss who finished also west point actually that's how i got into uh, into marketing because of sam cook who was also um he finished like west point now he's in ukraine he's married there but he was like nine years in Iraq and Afghanistan and he built a uh, digital publishing company. And uh, that was my first touch with HubSpot seven years ago when, when HubSpot was even like the CRM was sidekick. And this guy who finished West Point and so on came to Poland and that's how I got into HubSpot. So that's why I know. Oh, okay. We're more, we're more connected than I ever knew. I mean, I feel very connected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, uh, so yeah, so there are it is it is difficult to get in, um, uh, and then once you're in, you want to leave. <laughs> uh, but if you you make it through, you then you get uh, you then go and you serve in the military, and you and you have to choose your branch. And I was military intelligence, um, and I actually did a I did a scholarship right afterwards. So I was in England for about two years doing regional and urban economics. So it was a lot of math and a lot of thinking about building cities. I had nothing to do with what I'm doing today or what I did in the army. So then I went back into the army and did military intelligence. And so that's all really you, you take that. So I was a officer that took Intel cells and you have SIGINT, GEOINT, 
gosh, um, human, all these different intelligent sources. So it's like human intelligence, signal intelligence, geography. And so I was an all source, which means I take all the information. So you collect it. Mm. The, the cell I ran was the one that would um, synthesize that and then deliver. Here is what you need to know in order to make a decision. And so you would often make. So I spent a lot of time there, like collecting information, synthesize information, disseminating information. You think about RevOps. What is it? Nothing more than that. So the processes, the trend analysis, all the, all the things you're taught, and then all, it's, the same, it's the same function. So I did that in the military. Um, and when I got out, I went to a telecom company called C Spire. And I uh, went through this whole sales training because I wanted to be out. I want to do sales but there's mm -hmm. no way to do it. So I went through a sales training and I went to C Spire and to be a, to sell IT managed services. And I went in my rep, the, the, the president of the company, this is a you know, 10,000 person company said, Hey Matt, do you actually want to sell here? And I said, no, actually, I don't like this about your structure. I think your sales teams are structured incorrectly. I think these things, and he said, well, do you want to be my, what would you want? And I said, I want to be your chief of staff. And so I got hired on the chief of staff. And so what I did during that time was, and I don't know any CRM at this point. Um, mm. They had Salesforce and we were, we were starting to do acquisitions. And so I was doing quote, quote to cash, but they wanted mm. someone that never seen it before to come in and say, how do you think through this? So I just went through companies and getting quote to cash as we purchased them through mergers and acquisitions into Salesforce. Salesforce. So I got, that's where I cut my teeth. Like I know that's where I learned Salesforce. I was a lot in, in all the different systems we had. I mean, I, I would take a HubSpot and I would say, that's trash. You need to get inside, inside, inside Salesforce and I would help convert it. Mm. Yep. So, and then, and then uh, I'm curious about um, Rev Partners. Maybe you can tell us a bit the story before we get to, to Super, which is an awesome tool that we also use. Um, but we, before we get to that exciting stuff, tell us a bit about the journey of, of, uh, Rev Partners, because you co-founded it. How, how did you become so big in, in, in this space? How did you guys do it? So when my, uh, the, the, the person, the president who hired me as chief of staff, um, went to be CEO of a company and he asked me to come with him. And he said, hey, man, I want you to be my head of business operations. That's so like in charge of the ERP, along with um, in charge of marketing. And that was our marketing automation platform and CRM. We had a total Microsoft suite, which I adhor Microsoft. Like dynamic stuff? Dynamic stuff, yeah. It was... Um, mm -hmm. So during that time, he ended up leaving, going to Dish, which is a um, just a large telecom company inside mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the U.S. I had left, and um, I didn't leave. But I, um, um, when he left, everybody he brought over. So it was about hundred. He brought over about fifty or sixty people to this company that was around a hundred people. I mean, one hundred fifty people. Every single person got fired when he left. Mm -hmm. It was a P this shop. Was this connectivity wireless, right? Connectivity wireless. I was the only person that didn't get fired. And I don't think it was because I was any good. I just want to hear this. It was because at that point I realized something. I didn't get fired because I was doing something special. I didn't have a name for it. I didn't know what it was. But I realized that there is something extremely important when things are synthesized 
and communicated well, collected, synthesized, disseminated. So that, that skill set. So what you did in the army, basically. What you did in the army. Yeah. And there was very little professionalization of that and, and like an understanding of how to do it well. So they kept me because I could do it. And I was even, even in a system, I didn't really know how to use. And I was teaching myself. Mm. So with that realization, I met someone named Brenda Tolson. We met at a wedding. He was a CRO at a, at a, comp at a company. And I said, hey, man, you know what's really special? I think there's this something. I think it's called like RevOps. And that person is that will be a strategic asset. And it's actually something that you don't have to hire for. It's almost impossible to hire for. Like the skill set mm -hmm. it takes. Like I've seen, like I know what it creates, how to create. Almost impossible to hire for. We should create a managed RevOps shop. This is before we had, I mean, before the words, it was like, hey, let's do this. Like, or I don't. And so that's what the inception. And I was like, and, and we Salesforce is too expensive. You can't do it. So I'm going to take a different take on on this. Um, so let's try Active Campaign. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so we tried to build. Yeah, we tried to build everything on Active Campaign. It was a complete and utter disaster. So I tried Mix Max, I mean, Pipe Drive. It, it it promises a lot. Like you had also Infusionsoft at one point, which is now yeah they had bought right, they had just right? bought Infusionsoft and they they're going to yeah, turn yeah. into a CRM and they have they have like some CRM like stuff. So I I, I was uh, I was I wouldn't say I was duped, but I thought it could do more than it could. You couldn't even add properties together. Like anyway, you couldn't do calculated fields. So what else to say? Uh, so we we were building it off that. Um, and I realized it wasn't going to work. I was trying a bunch of other stuff. And so we were taking anything at that point. We had a customer had HubSpot and I was actively getting him off. Because I thought HubSpot is not a CRM. It's a marketing automation platform. It's too expensive to use for us. Mm -hmm. I had to convince cheaper. I can do the same thing. <clears throat> then I used it for a week. And I, I said, and this was 2020 in December. Mm -hmm. And I said, Brendan, HubSpot is everything I've ever wanted in a tool from a synthesization and collection and just like it just does all the base functions that I need it to do better than any other platform that's often that's harder and it does adoption better let's we should go all in and build our entire shop so he, he he's like yes I, I, don't, I don't I trust you just do it so we did that and then uh, so we signed January 2021 and so from that date um, we, and I, so we started, we said, we will be your fastest tiering HubSpot partner. We're going all in. Um, and I the rest is history, right? So we became elite and almost, uh, almost just about in a year. So how many companies did you guys uh, help in this, in this time? I really can't, I do not know. I, I just like, is part hey, of it give me, is, give me, yeah, give we me were numbers so that we can build your authority even more. Oh, well, I mean, there is a since Rev Partners versus in that in that year. Uh, I mean, in order to understand HubSpot's ecosystem, I there was one there was a, a two month period where I did sixty all mornings uh, for free. Sixty. Whoa. Yeah. So that's just like an example. So when you talk about the amount we touched, and that was for in two months. So mm -hmm. there was pr there's at this point thousands of customers. Whoa. And so you and so did we it started for to free, you did it for free just just to get intelligence like yep. in the army <laughs> collect I before yeah. I can synthesize I must collect. So I was like, "Hey, I I don't I know this is good, but I don't know all the use cases, how people are using it, what the clients are, what the ICPs are, what questions they're asking, what they're suffering. I 
I just mm-hmm. need to collect. And there's so much goodness in collecting. So I sat there and collected and just, it was absolutely miserable, but we went through and collected. Okay. So you, so you did that. And then, it, then this year or when last year you, you found it super. So uh, with this yeah, intelligence, sh- I think you, you found a big pain, which is adoption, right? Or what was that big pain that you guys tried to solve with super? Yeah, we uh, I went through that same thing. So this entire from the very beginning of of when we started, like, is this ideas? Um, I want to solve the largest pain in the entire ecosystem. So it's always in the back of my mind when I'm going, hey, HubSpot's a tool, and I can see where they're building, and I can see what they're doing now. But what are the things that we can fix faster, or or like things that are so endemic that would like raise? It's too difficult. It's like it crosses too many hubs. It just they're not going to do it. Um. And we identified about 25 different problems. Um, and then we rated all of them in a, a, a metrics. Um, things like, example, f- someone feel free to build it. If you're not building it, I'm going to build it next. It is a um, taking um, a pug and play. If you have a Salesforce integration, it transforms it directly into a HubSpot integration. And overnight, you can, you can, ha- you can be in the HubSpot ecosystem platform. Like those are the types of ideas we were thinking through. And so we were trying to like, which is a massive need. Like literally people aren't able, like, how do you, it's a massive need. Um, and so we went through that. The number one issue, and there's a bunch of them inside HubSpot are, um, and this is the CRM. It's bigger, like there's bigger trends happening. Um, and just that are not even HubSpot. The biggest trend, and I was saying this before Clary's buying groove, you could just see it in like what people are building. The biggest trend is that there will be like we we solve for the CMO. The CMO went from brand to data science. Yeah. Like we had to solve for it. And that was all from this idea of I need attribution and was from a B to C mechanism, right? So we solved for the for the CMO and these large B to C corporations. And you could call it the Amazon effect, like this Amazon effect of all things. We are now moving towards solving for the CRO. And there will be services and there will be tools that are solving, moving from from art to science. And you hear this, and this is why I'm such a, this is why I love Winnie by Designs frameworks. Like it's moving from art to science. Yeah, um, so I and think, so one of the yeah. I think the um what's the name of this guy who wrote the book about the um, he he publishes every year like all the tools that are in market tech. Scott Brinker. Yes, yeah, Scott Brinker. Thanks. Hey. And he mentioned, I think, in, even in 2016, he started to mention of this, um, this uh, this market that marketing will transform into the whole analytics part. So you have the human part, which is like the soft skills and the empathy and so on. Then you have the analytics, analytic part, and then you have the technical part, right? So all this will 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 be needed in a CMO. So um, I see it so clear. Like he had this vision, like six years back, and 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 now it's it's just more clear and clear that we are going into that direction. So mm-hmm. there is a huge opportunity here, right? Like a huge opportunity when it comes to these small and medium companies uh, to grow faster, but not necessarily through 
customer acquisition, which was the narrative and the agenda um, before COVID um, or before all this economical uh, crisis that we have today, uh, where VCs were pumping money and then all you cared about is about your CAC, right? And then you 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 were optimizing um, new business acquisition rather than looking at, okay, what is actually your uh, upsell and cross uh, processes, what you can squeeze out of your existing customers, right? And uh, I feel that RevOps started to be more trendy when this whole uh, crisis came in because now everyone is looking at optimizing and making the whole operations uh, better. Do you guys see the same trend or is it something that um, uh, I got wrong? No, I, I think it's the narrative right. Uh, and I think you're right. People talk about robots more. People talk a lot about a lot of things more. Uh, uh, in fact, if you're going to economic terms, um, I think if you were to go and do the HubSpot agencies as an example, and you looked at their trends during that time, they all trending downwards because people are buying less. Mm. There is a um, the reality. There's a there's a reality of need, but there's another reality that people can talk about. But there's another reality of what actually happens when they experience the need. And there's as much as there is a seismic shift in what's being said, there's yet been a seismic shift in what's being done. So while the grow up, so like it's still like if I'm going into a CRO, they will like what has got them to that position? I mean, they're 20 year old. They, they've often been there decades. What led them to that? It's in what in, in, in an absence of when you're in something you can't control, what do you lean on? things you can control. What can you control? Outbound prospecting. You know, you can, it's called butts and seats and uh, pound the sand, dial, uh, smile and dial. And so there's this, as, as much as we want to, so what where RevOps can really show is the ability to look a CRO in the face and say what you, like Michael Jordan is the best basketball player that's ever lived. And you can discuss what, like, well, just period. We won more championships than everybody, but I'm not going to put him on a on the. Uh, he's not going to beat LeBron James right now. <laughs> what got you here will not get you there, and you like. Yeah. And here's why, and here's the data to support it. And unless so, it's for RevOps people. We're like, I you'll hear me often talk about RevOps is yes, you need the data, but you ha we also must have the ability to challenge. So there's this like you call it challenger sales. If you ever read that book, read that book. Yeah. Every RevOps person should be a challenger sales, and it's your job, if you want to be effective, to challenge your CRO with a new perspective. Uh, so the question becomes, what is that perspective? It's the perspective you gave. That is the truth of today, that you have exponential nonlinear growth in current customer acquisitions, and your LTV is more important, but they often never have been introduced to the idea. It's only in SaaS is there this larger understanding of reoccurring revenue but not in manufacturing, financial services, legal firms, ATS systems for humans. Like there's, there's not a robust knowledge yet. It, as much as we talk, it's just in SaaS. Yeah. And I think the, the, the guys who wrote uh, the Challenger Sales, now they've wrote the quite good book, this Jolt. Effect. Jolt. Yeah, yeah. Jolt effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah jolt them out of where they're at. Yeah. 
because I, I think it's a lot of um, customer indecision happening these days because we are really bombarded with um, with information, right? So um, you you were saying about outbound that okay, um, if if outbound worked, doesn't mean that outbound will still work today, right? It's the same with SEO. It's the same with many other um, like customer acquisition tactics. But let's um, help me out here with um, to analyze a, a little bit um, what what is the opportunity that the small medium enterprise company has, uh, let's say in, in B2B SaaS that has um, HubSpot, how should we look at analyzing the opportunity that this company has in a very, um, very go-to-market uh, RevOps perspective with the RevOps eyes. So I have some notes here and I would love your perspective on this just to understand if, um, if um, my thinking towards this is correct. So then we can brainstorm here together and, and I hope that the um, the listeners can learn some stuff from this. So we came up with this idea of opportunity analysis, which says the following. First, you need to analyze a bit what are your go-to-market motions. So to analyze a bit your outbound motions, your so paid social motions, or your demand gen, or your organic, and really understand, okay, do I get the, do I, do I connect with my, my uh, prospects correctly? Do I get the right channels? Are my uh, pages and my offerings converting? Am I able to nurture them and, and guide them through the, um, through the buying journey? Be it with the challenger uh, methodology, a spiced methodology, a jolt methodology, a medic, whatever methodology you have that is uh, good for what you're trying to, to, to sell because it's, it, it, it all depends on that. Okay, so we, we have that. Then second is the actual, are you using the technology correctly today? Meaning, are you using the HubSpot? Are you adopting HubSpot correctly to that GTM, right? So that's another, mm -hmm. let's say, analysis, because this is, this is also in line with what you were telling me about the whole U.S. Army thing and what you, what you were guys doing, like collecting all this data and, and, and analyzing it. Okay, so we have the GTM, we have the audit of the portal. Then we look a little bit into the data, because the data, if we like it or not, we all know that is usually fucked up um for many many people uh but you, we we need to have some kind of data quality analysis to really because if we don't have that then then all the insights can be very polluted so all your reports all the and and you cannot make decision making uh, like the, your decision making process is really bad yep. so then we have segmentation so segmentation and profiling of your buying personas so you have this data, but are you actually looking at the pains of your personas and do you actually understand 
who are those personas in your CRM, right? And the companies that you are having there, right? Like the, the, the companies um, need to be also tiered and, and really understand that because if not, you cannot really use the tools. You might add some scoring in here. Then you have a very clear pipeline management. So you need to have a really good structure when it comes to which pipelines you are using. Uh, are you using the right methodology for the right products and for the right deal sizes? Because selling enterprise is not the same as selling a $50 um, website builder, right? Or social media tool. So that needs to be clear. And then you have the reporting. Reporting goals, KPIs, are you track? Do you have quotas for your teams? Do you have really clear goals and um, KPIs? So if we dissect this, starting with the GTM, from all these insights that you get from Super for a bunch of guys who you work with, you worked with in, in Ref Partners, what's that thing from this whole opportunity analysis that should be a must for any HubSpot user? Big question. What's a must? Um, gosh, I um, in answering this problem. So I'm going to say I'm going to answer this in two ways. Um, I have there's a framework that I can that I can talk to you about that, that I use for any time I do this problem set uh, that that allows me to that allows me to answer it. And and and, and you're talking about the tactical things you go through, but here like what questions I need to answer actually change based on the data set I have, and um if you try to ask a question in the wrong order, it often, it will reveal that your data is wrong. Mm. So let me give you, let me, let me just go through it. As we, I have something that, um, that, 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 um, that RP created that I think is really good. It's called the RevOps maturity framework. And it's, the idea is every company, um, and, it, and, well, this is like from well, uh, every company is doing RevOps. The question is how well they're doing it and where they are in the journey. And so you've probably heard that even what you're talking about, like you have to do some of these functions. Like um, you can have a $10 million customer. It doesn't mean you're mature in RevOps. You can have a full outbound sales team. You can have lots of data, but how, where are you at in your maturity of executing RevOps? Um, so you analyze that at the, at, the, at the beginning. So before even doing any kind of GTM analysis, anything like that, you look into maturity or... Yeah, it's this. Well, it's almost there is a go to market analysis on this sense that um, the go to market's really identifying what products do you have, because go to market says, well, who is who is purchasing this? So if someone says, hey Matt, we have an outbound and inbound sector, I'm like, hey, well, receive, but who's buying inbound? And it's a five thousand dollar average deal size, and the other one is a fifty thousand dollar deal size. Those are actually probably two different products sold to two different individuals with two different entire go to market motions. And they just don't have the ability to tell me that because they don't have any, like you said, segmentation, like there's things. So I like to, I'm like looking at, there's, there's really two different things you're looking at. You have your RevOps maturity framework, mm. and then you, and then you have other actions that you, you just went through that are going to give you insight of, of where they are in that maturity. And then once you can point, point to where they are, you can say, what's my next step? Cause they might not need to do ICP because they may have it already. It just depends on where they're at. So the, these, these stage, stage one it's very simple. And it's the first thing you have. I check. We don't, <laughs> I don't do this anymore. But it's the first thing I recommend anybody checks. 
um, if you were doing that. It is that uh, it's called, we call, I call it process and integrate data. And the whole purpose is, do you have all your data sources? And, and this is the key. And do you have a business process that is adopted on the CRM? And just stop there. And so you hear me talk about adoption. Like if you have a, if you have a, if you say you have a process and I go through the flow of work and see that you don't stop, I'm going to ask, is it the right process? And if it's not, we're going to recreate it so we can start creating the right data. I think we just missed that. Like I'm not even doing anything else because you have an adoption issue. Mm, yeah. And I suppose that people just jump into the tactics because it's, much more sexier or it's easier to to start with rather than look at this whole process or or um they don't know how to map the business processes they they are super admins in hubspot but they don't have the understanding of these business processes so that's why maybe we we are skipping that right or why why is this um, not happening um, I, I think it's often more the, um, uh, I use the word unknown, unknown here. Like, it's like they didn't know they should be doing it. Is it that important? I think, I think as much as I talk about it or here is the number and even the only thing that matters in any company at the very beginning. And I'm just going to ask if I start a conversation is does your company and I would like sales team. Does your sales team follow the same process every single time? Mm-hmm. Does your CS team, is it all in the same system? And so I, are you are like, if in it, Romeo, it, it doesn't need to be HubSpot. It could be, if, if yeah, they follow the system and it's like written on a piece of paper, I would rather have that than everybody not following a system. Adoption is the greatest good. Mm-hmm. Adoption is more important than process because if you're a fully adopted, then you have the debt. So you hear this. I need to collect, synthesize, disseminate. If collection is not correct, your synthesization by just fundamentally, inherently is wrong. And thus, you will disseminate and make the wrong decisions every single time. So you would – you okay. So we, we, we have discovered. Let's say that, okay, the processes we, we – have those processes mapped out, and now you, I suppose you would do a an HubSpot or the whatever portal or Salesforce audit to understand are these processes actually implemented in the system? Am I right? You, you could, I mean, I could, I could ask the sales team, hey, do you follow you follow the process? Lead me through what you do every single time, mm-hmm. and it's it's immediately you know that it's not followed. So I, I don't necessarily need to map something out to know that it, it's not adopted. Uh, it's just a point. So, so, so some fundamental things you always have to do uh, as part of this, if you're like tactical, this is uh, you have to have life cycle stages correct. You time stamped so that you can be able to collect the correct information. You have to have sales stages stamped so you can correct the right, right information. You have to have um, like when some, like requirements and stages. You have to have a methodology. Like there are certain things you have to have in order to pass this stage. But that then gets you into stage two. And that's very simple. If you are doing a process, then and only then can we have a level one KPIs and the level one KPIs um, and that this is the only time they're right, because any other time they're getting you're getting uh, data can be wrong very easily is 
then you have answer core questions. And those core questions are things like, uh, the, the, the primary KPIs are always this, right? They're always things like, um, what's my session to, what's my session to conversion rate? What's my life cycle? What stages from lead to MQL to SQL opportunity to customer, customer to imp, whatever you, however you're doing that. What's my number of deals created in a given time period? How many, what's my deal conversion rate by stages? What's my average deal size by segmentation? It allows you to start doing those, the basic to, that you can actually start looking for leakages. But before that, so we, we often like try to go there and or, or even deeper. And I say, hey, stop for a second. Does your team do this? Mm. Then it doesn't, I whatever the data tells me is just not going to be right. And th this next fundamental thing on this robots maturity is your, your, Serum's a product. And so you're, you have to, like, you constantly have end users. And so if you don't have someone sitting there answering questions for end users or building new features and like getting them to adopt and like managing that, you're just going to fail. Yeah, because you don't. And that's the big issue. Them. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, more than that, like if, as soon as a user stops doing the process, you have, you, you're no longer collecting the data. So all your, so your data is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, so there's different stages here. And I'll, I'll go through them quick so you so you hear them. But it's sure. like stage two is KPI. Stage three, once you have that visibility, you can actually prioritize what the leakages, understand where to go, what to train, identify where you're going to go. And your stage four is when you get is when you start to um, be able to segment and partition that data by different subsects. So you may say, what's my what's my deal win rate by go to market motion? And so it's all about segmentation mm -hmm. at the at that stage, the stage four. And the stage five is this, like this where if you can segment anything and you have all your primary and your secondary, and you can take any primary and then segment it by a secondary, you now can start driving like pinpoint places of, hey, I'm gonna move my MQL to SQL conversion ratio with this, product um, with this team here and we're going to focus training because that's the issue it's actually like why is this happening and so you can start to really make pinpoint decisions and execute on them perfect perfect love it so um, the biggest challenge that you guys are trying to solve with support is this first part right like how to enable those folks to actually collect the data correctly. You got it. Like pro the most difficult part of any of Rev like we talk about RevOps and then we just don't put enough emphasis on adoption. And so then we're trying to do things with poor data and then we wonder why we can't influence change. If we have to have people like if you can get people to adopt it, I actually don't need you to be good at uh, RevOps because the data will tell itself. It will just show you'll be able to look, run a report and it's done. You don't need to you don't need to really, need to really know it. Um, so super is our is attempt to address that. How do we and I think this is this is the, some of these bigger trends is um, just like bigger trends. Trend number one, reps don't want to go into multiple systems to do anything. So if you ask them to do that, you have literally just created an impediment to your growth. So if they have to use sales loft and HubSpot, if they have to use outreach and HubSpot, if they have to use Scratchpad and HubSpot, like whatever you're doing, anytime you have two different systems, they need Gong and they need sales loft. Mm. That is, I just think that's inherently a poor way of creating adoption. You need something internal to the CRM. This is the future of sales enablement is guided experiences inside the CRM. And that's what super does. 
And do, do you guys talk to, to HubSpot? Do they get your feedback? Did they, do you see that they are trying to implement such things in, inside the tool so it's much easier to, to adopt it or? How is this feedback loop between you guys? Well, uh, I mean, like it's a that's a one hand, one or the other. I'm creating a software that does those things. So if HubSpot built them, I would be very angry at them. We were like, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, we're your fastest growing app you've ever had on your on your on your marketplace. If you build over, it would be a very negative stance you're sending to the ecosystem. So what I what I I hope if HubSpot does that, I mean, you can market. I, I capture y'all capturing it. I'd be like HubSpot. That was a really bad move and. When you think about like investment, Shazam, like, you know? like Apple yeah. buying Shazam, right? Yeah, like there's a, yeah. So, I mean, we can partner and I think there's some pretty incredible. And so HubSpot's trying to show that like, um, they said, hey, we're not going to build a complicated CPQ for manufacturing. So we're just going to use Deal Hub and we're going to integrate them in our platform, mm. right? Like that's a, I, I see HubSpot making moves um, where it's, where they're focused, like where they're, you know, I, I'm very encouraged by it. Anyway, adoption, I think is the, HubSpot's already really good at it. And so we're focused on that. I call it modern sales enablement, injecting content, injecting guidance, injecting um, real-time training, whatever it may be, directly to the rep where they are while they're working. And that's, and the, and that's, that's what we're solving inside HubSpot. But still, like, you... you you want to make sure that HubSpot is, you know, evolving and, and you guys adopt also the product based on that. What are those, um, those things that you see that HubSpot is listening to and is, is, is implementing in, in their own tool that will help support even more um, have this, this, this tool relevant to the community? So the the largest thing that HubSpot is doing well is not to mention they, I mean, if you look at the product every three months, it's a new product and you need to relearn it. So like, besides that, like them just putting out lots of increased functionality, the biggest thing they're doing is they're expanding the extensibility and the configuration of HubSpot in a way that allows larger use, more use cases, more robust use cases and going up market, which as soon as you start having more customization and more configuration and more extensibility increases use cases, but it also, it often will increase, it will increase the difficulty of adoption. So you need something that Mm -hmm. we can be both customized and very relevant, which is when you like that idea of, this is where ABM, by the way, being relevant uh, um, is, you need that. And so that's that's what we're starting. Like as HubSpot's building for larger enterprise use cases, it is very it works even better with super. Do you have some examples of this? Like what what could that be? Like I don't know, CRM card yeah, it, or the prospect. Yeah, example is and, and, and there is no system that there's no company that works only one system. But an example of that would be um let's go like a, a deal hub CPQ and that 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 completely expanded their ability to uh have complex product lines with volume disk. It's just like, it's, it's something that's completely different. Like there is no CPQ solution with that much thought and that's connected mm-hmm. to HubSpot. Like so what's, what Super allows is, um, because you're still having to move off the platform and it feels integrated, is you can have a system that overlays on both Super and DealHub that can give you explain, how do I create this, how, like these questions and you 
you can eject them on both platforms, either or at the same time. And so Super sits across both platforms and can do that. Um, another example is custom objects that you're added that's really easy. So because custom objects are becoming more, they're, they're pushing them to, for the, there's more value and they're more common. But when you add custom objects, how you use them, when you create them, what they store, what properties they have and why, what, what, what workflows they're using them in and how, if you have all of those, like, it's more training. It's more, it's more, um, it, there's another place to inject specific, like you're, you're adding to the complexity, but you're adding, you're also adding to the relevancy of what you can provide. So you need a way of, at the human level, telling them, okay, this is what you should do and when and how. That's what Super does with the process rules and cards um, directly inside the serial. Hmm. But tell us more about those cards and, and, and processes. Like, let's break it down for someone who never used the Super. Like, because you're mentioning these cards and, 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 and processes, like, just, just explain it like to um, um, someone who, who never, never saw Super. Yeah, so in, um, let's say I was on, a, I had a deal, um, it's a record inside HuffSpot. And on that deal, um, I, I, I know it's, uh, I'm using MedPick, right? And in MedPick, I'm going to have, I need economic buyers, I need champions, I need all these different, uh, and EPSTAS are really good. Like EPSTAS is a good example of this. They're doing a deal scoring and you have to have all these different agglomeration of data in order to tell you if you're going to, what's your win percentage going to be. Mm -hmm. That requires a collection of data and a very specific thing to do. Um, what Super allows is you can do cross object validations to make sure they're happening. You can essentially mm -hmm. just give a list of errors, warnings of what should happen next. And even tell people with a, like embed videos directly into HubSpot with here's how you do this action and here's why it's important or here is our powerpoint here's our pdf and it puts it directly on the page and so users instead of having to like figure out look different places just do a checklist and they do it and it's in real time it updates it becomes insanely useful for adoption so if i am in i have a deal card in a particular stage let's say a discovery stage and um, with Supert, actually, I have a layover, like an overlay, right, on that card with, let's say, the discovery discovery playbook, right? Like what mm -hmm. questions to put. Maybe you can even add a, a Loom video or a YouTube video, like, okay, this is how you run that particular um, mm -hmm. discovery call, right? Or uh, with the processes, you could say you are missing a champion or you are missing a economical buyer uh, for this company um, because, I don't know, the deal stage is on this particular, um, the deal is on this particular stage. Uh, is exactly. that a good explanation of it? That's exactly what you can do. Uh, and you can go more saying, hey, this deal is showing, this person's looked at this page five times. Uh, they're this ICP, they have this persona, they're in this stage. Based on that, here's the playbook I think you should use and here's the sequence I think you should use. And so you can start guiding people and telling them what to do next. So in an ABM motion, let's say you could maybe even add in some kind of account plans or, or pieces of yes. account plans, right? Because you yes. could, let's say you have a um, cohort of, um, you do ABM light, 
and you have like 30 uh, targeted accounts in the agriculture industry, let's say, and then you could create a process saying, okay, if the actual company is targeted account true and industry is agriculture and whatever ICP tier is one, then this is the type of uh, playbook Ex to run for these guys, right? Exactly. So you start to see if putting your entire sales methodology mm. directly into your CRM is extremely powerful. So it allows you to be very relevant to your sales, whatever it is. And going even further with ABM, um, um, often for ABM, you're trying to get someone's attention, but you, period, but you're also, when you do get their attention, you want to know you have it and who is giving it to you. So what would be cool, I don't know if you guys could do it, but imagine that you could collect some kind of data on... Uh, um, you as a salesperson, if you are engaging with this particular uh, contact, yes, right? Yeah. Um, I know that LinkedIn data is hard to get, but I don't know if you are even first um, connection with them or get data from connecting the dots, understanding the wider so, network of it. Yeah, right? so that's... That's exactly. So say I was at a company record, you could see how many contact you could have like bat red, yellow, green, and you could say, Hey, this is a, Hey, this account has eight people that have visited your page in the last 30 days. You have five first level connections and you could, you could start putting on, Hey, this is a, you could start saying why something's a good score and what you should do next based on what's happening. And so you, sh and that's, what's the beautiful thing about super. It's more than just a checker and a list. You can start telling and guiding people. Okay. So it's more dynamic, right? So depending on which record you are in, but the data source that you guys take is all from HubSpot, right? Only from HubSpot. Yep. Only from prompts. And you guys will stay with HubSpot or you're trying to get some more data sources so that, you can connect the dots, right? Like you can, you can understand, okay, I'm a salesperson, Romeo, I'm trying to sell to soup to, to Matt here. And you guys are connected on LinkedIn. You're starting to go to the dream. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dream. When you start to I think know, about, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. fantasizing, but I'm just trying to understand <laughs> if uh, you guys yeah. want so, to stick to, to so, or get some other data sources. Let's step back for a second and you talk about well, we went from the beginning. I think we can start to we can start ending with this, right? It is the the next decade will be defined by solving for the CRO. And what does the CRO want? He wants to know that everyone's following the process he, because he wants to know his data is correct. And then based on the data, he wants to use that so his reps are focused on the right places at the right time based on data, telling them what the right motion and the right thing is to send. That's where we're going now. That's where we're going. Everybody's going there. So you're going to see things like Clary buying Groove. You're going to, see, but the, what, what's a missing function of everything? And this is why I say modern. They will all, this is what we're going to be building is the ability to dynamically inject content where people work. This is what's super solving. So how we're doing it um, um, is, is uh, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep you in the, the, the loop, but like the how is collecting more information, aggregating across more locations and being able to inject that uh, with, we use the word AI, but be able to inject that with a brain telling you what you should do and why you should do it. Yeah, so, but, but bottom line, if we want to build this future, 
uh, we need to collect the data. To collect the data, we need adoption. So Correct. it's pretty the, much you easy. need adoption. Yeah, so, or you so, you might need data sources so you can you can collect this data from different enrichment tools and so on, so that you can put those um, that that collected data on steroids. But you need to have some kind of initial data that that uh, your sales reps or your team is is adding, and and that starts with adoption. Perfect. Love. Correct. Like we went from the us intelligence and i can see how you know your whole way of thinking and how you you guys build it with um, uh, with adoption and collecting the data in mind um and all these processes is 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 coming from the from the creme de la creme of uh, us army um how you call it like, um uh, university or high school? What's West Point? Is university or high school or both? University. University. So, thanks a lot, Matt. That was great. Uh, it was great to to have you and discuss about uh, the future of RevOps and how we can build it together. And I hope that uh, um, people learned a lot of things from you. Tell me where exactly can people connect with you, where they can get this RevOps uh, maturity plan that you mentioned, and how they can get in touch with you other than LinkedIn. I only live on LinkedIn. So it's like, if you want to get to me, contact me on LinkedIn. <laughs> like my, uh, uh, yeah, contact me on LinkedIn. And if you want to demo super, go to super.io and uh, go there. And I, um, I, I, am, I am the person you'll be talking to. Perfect. Thanks a lot, and uh, we are in touch, guys. Tune in later. Bye-bye. Adios.